Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Coming up in just about an hour, Reggie Bush is doing God's work for college football. That coming up. However, right now, the NFL draft is over. We're looking forward to 2020. I want to know who got a lot better, who stayed the same. I don't know if you get worse. Maybe you do. I want to know who's the number one pick in 2020, and I want to know who's set to take a slide because of who they picked in 2019. To answer all those questions, Jeff Risden joins us on the show. NFL Draft USA Today, Browns and Lions Wire Falm on Twitter, at Jeff Risden. Jeff, thanks for joining us, buddy. My pleasure. It is uh, it is hard to get worse in the draft, but uh, some teams tried pretty hard to do that this year. So let's, all right, let's who, this. Who is the team that tried the hardest to be worse after the draft? I, I think the New York Giants. I think you have to give it to them because, in part, they, they gave away picks of, for next year to trade back into the first round to get a cornerback that they probably could have waited for for the next day at DeAndre Baker. Uh, and he's probably the best of their first-round picks. Uh, and they made three of them. Uh, Daniel Jones at six is a colossal reach. Even if you're a Daniel Jones fan, uh, and I'm not, I, I, I don't understand the, the impetus to go get a guy who, who – for me, his his ceiling is what Matt Castle is. Uh, he reminded me oh. a great deal of Matt Castle when Matt oh. Castle came out. Oh, my uh, God. And, and uh, you know, so to be fair, Matt Castle did win 10 games twice with really good teams around him, and I think that's the best prognosis for what you can hope for with Daniel Jones. When you take a first-round quarterback, you want him to be a guy that, that you win because of, not in spite of. And that that's just not Daniel Jones. And then so then they take uh, uh, the, the defensive tackle from Clemson, Good player, uh, Christian Wilkins, but they already have that guy on the team and Delvin Tomlinson, who's also pretty good from last year, uh, and they traded away Damon Snacks Harrison last year uh, in the middle of the season because they didn't want that guy there. So I, I, I don't have any clue what Dave Gettleman is thinking other than, um, I, I don't know, man, did they, did they test, oh. did they random drug test GMs? Because no, no, well, like no, wait, no, no. <laughs> All right, the room is warmer now. Now, now let me play, <laughs> let, me, let me have a defense here because, I, I don't. I want to go after the pick. I don't want to go after Daniel Jones. He seems like a fine right. young guy. Whatever. You know what I mean? But it's also, well, you want yourself a quarterback. You went and got yourself a quarterback, didn't you? And I don't care what Dave Gettleman says, by the way, about there being other two teams. I don't care if he's lying to me or not. Uh, he wanted a quarterback. He got his quarterback. Now we'll just see. He's going to live or die with this pick. If it ends up being good, he'll be one of the greatest geniuses of all time in history. He will. I will bow down and, and fealty to him because I was wrong and he was right. And I'll give him that. That's 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 the risk that you take when you when you play in this business. Game. <laughs> I can't help it, my friend. Jeff Risden joining us on the show. All right. Um, who is the teams that got a lot, lot, lot better in this draft? Well, go down I ninety five a little bit to Washington. I think the the Redskins did a fantastic mm. job in the draft. Waiting for Dwayne Haskins, there were rumors throughout the day, throughout the week leading into the draft, that they were going to trade up as high as number two to get Dwayne Haskins. They stood pat at number 15 and got their guy. Um, Even if you're not a Dwayne Haskins fan, much like Daniel Jones, there's a wide range of opinions on Haskins. 
I happen to think he's going to be good. I, I compare him to Philip Rivers um, as probably a best-case scenario. He's not there yet. He needs some work, but I, I really like what they did. Then they got one of the best pass rushers in the draft, in Montez Sweat, who fell down uh, because of an, a, a heart issue that was probably overplayed. Um, he had some – he was a knucklehead when he got to Michigan State, transferred out, had no problems at, at, at Mississippi State. Uh, I, I think he's going to be very good. He, remember, he ran faster than most wide receivers, and he's at 260 pounds. He showed he could do it at, at the Senior Bowl. He showed in double-digit sacks two years in a row in the SEC. To get that guy in the late 20s is, is an absolute steal and, and a perfect replacement for Preston Smith, who they were going to miss a lot. Uh, I, I really like what Washington did. Jeff Riston joining us on the show. All right, now you got rid of the, 20, the 2019 draft. We're looking forward to 2020 real quick. Uh, who do you think is going to be the number one overall pick in the 2020 draft? You know, everybody's going to tell you a quarterback, but I'm going to go a little bit off schedule. I'm going to go with Jerry Judy, the wide receiver from Alabama, because that guy can flat out fly. And this was a terrible wide receiver draft. Last year's wasn't great. There's a pressing need for playmaking wide receivers, young ones to come into the league. I think somebody's, somebody who has taken a quarterback in recent seasons is going to get the number one pick, and, and they're going to take a guy who can really help, help make that quarterback better with a dynamic playmaker. Judy is... Man, watching him, he, he, he's unreal. He, he's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch in the, in the next year. From to attack of Aloha, and then you have Ju, uh, Justin Herbert. How do you rank those three? I like Herbert the best in terms of what he can do in the NFL, but he did not play as expected last year. Mm-hmm. Started well, kind of tailed off. Tua uh, is interesting because he, he's, he's the product of playing with very good players at every position. And, and I want to see him handle adversity a little bit better uh, and, and just a little bit, too. He hasn't really had that. So I'm a big fan of his. What he does it seems to be where the NFL is headed in terms of a, a mobile guy who can throw on the run, who can throw guys open. Uh, that, that, he's he's going to be a lot of fun, man. I, it's hard to diss any of those guys, uh, especially at this point. I do give Herbert the slight edge going into the season, though. Who's going to be a guy who who? Because there's always a guy who rises, like like Daniel Jones. He rose uh, throughout the season and then into the draft process. Who's a guy who rises and becomes maybe a fourth quarterback in this process for next year? I tell you what, Utah State has a quarterback love. Uh, the guy can play, uh, and he's getting a little bit of draft Nick love already. But he's he's a very good prospect. I think you're going to see him sneak into the the top ten of of mock drafts before too long. You know, we, we do get to do mock drafts. We had to do our immediate ones right away. Uh, then you'll see another set uh, once training camp starts. And, and I think at that point, that's when you're going to start seeing him bu- bubble up, too. Utah State's got a very good, strong program coming back. Uh, they get an outside shot to make a run next year. So uh, hmm. he, he will get a lot of attention, too. Is that because of the measurements? Or is this because, hey, this kid's got some different different potential there than what we've seen in the past? Because I think now with, with Kyler, and I think Kyler's a little bit residual from Baker. But I really want to point out Baker there at that number one overall pick. I think with him and him so far working out, I think it started to really change the conversation on quarterback. So is it measurements or is it just the other intangibles that bring this kid along and possibly make him the fourth guy uh, in the NFL draft with the quarterbacks? I think one of the things that's getting emphasized is football smarts. You know, you don't necessarily have to be um, a Manning brother uh, to stand in the pocket and and survey the field or or Dan Marino or guys like that, that that we grew up with. You can, you can move around, you can be athletic, but as long as you're able to make good decisions with the football and, and, and take care of the football and, and you know, make plays, I think that seems to be the coaching emphasis. Uh, not everybody's there yet in the NFL, but it's moving that way. And Mayfield certainly started that conversation. Uh, look at Josh Allen in Buffalo as an example. 
he can't throw, but he's still an effective quarterback because he does so many different things. I think they're they're more willing to overlook some of the warts on guys to see what the upside is, and then that that's where you're going with with a lot of these quarterbacks. You know, Tua is the same way. He's got fantastic traits. He also happens to be a pretty smart football player. I think that's where the emphasis is going. Got Jeff Risden joining us on the show. All right, who are the teams that need to tank for a quarterback next year? (laughs) Well, (laughs) Miami, I I would say Miami, but they just traded for Josh Rosen, and I actually really like that move. I think it's a a brilliant low-cost, low-risk move for them to get a guy who had absolutely nothing going for him in Arizona last year. He wasn't good. It wasn't all his fault. I, I like the redemption angle there even though I'm not his biggest fan either. I, I, I think it was a very worthwhile thing. But if it doesn't work out, they're going to be in very good position because uh, the rest of their team, quite honestly, isn't very good. Um, one of the teams that I cover and the team that, that is, has been my, my, my fandom since, uh, since Billy Sims wore number 20, uh, the Detroit Lions, if, if they're bad next year, it's going to be because Matthew Stafford wasn't good. That means they're going to need a new quarterback, and, and they, uh, they're going to have a really good defense this year, but I don't know about the offense yet. So if that happens, they're going to be in the market for a quarterback. Uh, Tampa Bay has a, uh, is at a crossroads with Jameis Winston. Tennessee appears to be at a crossroads with Marcus Mariota. Uh, I think that team is too talented to tank. Uh, they, they just have too much other stuff going on around them. But uh, those are teams that you're going to be looking at that, that have quarterbacks now that, that might not have that same situation in a year. See, I wanted to ask you about that, Jeff, because I know you're based outside of Detroit. And watching their draft, seeing what they did in the first round, I, I know that the Eric Ebron thing was disgusting up in Detroit. Now he was he was much better in in Indianapolis, but you know there's always little tidbits we hear from around the league there. But he was much better in Indianapolis. I thought they went out and did a good job making a replacement, trying to make some adjustments there because I want to know what's what's been the problem with Matt Stafford in Detroit because you look at the stats, the stats are unbelievable. But anything else when it comes to hardware, it, it's just not there. Why does it always miss? You know, he's had a rough go of it when he's had his best seasons when the team around him hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's, that's a little weird. Um, when you're a franchise quarterback, he was, for a time, the highest paid player in the NFL. Uh, that certainly turns a lot of people against him in Detroit. Uh, for, for whatever reason, Detroiters tend to not like people who get paid high. Uh, they have the same problem with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond in the NBA. Uh, and their baseball team is going through that, too. So that there's, there's certain resentment for that. You know, he, he's, he's a volume thrower, and, and last year the, the Lions finally had a running game, and I think that hurt his stats a little bit. He was hurt last year as well. He had a back injury. He didn't, he didn't sit down, uh, probably could have and should have uh, for the better of the team. Then again, Matt Castle was their backup quarterback, so that was probably not going to go so well. He is at a big year this year. The, his, his contract right now is such that they cannot move him this year, but after this year they have a way to get out. Uh, he's been there for 10 years. Hasn't had a playoff win yet. I, I, I think he, he's definitely at a crossroads. He has to produce this year, um, and he, has to, he needs to get this team to get a win this year. This is going to be a really good defense, probably the best defense that he has had. Uh, I know it doesn't get a lot of national attention. What they're doing with their defense and their ability to play multiple spots with multiple guys, it, it's impressive, and I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. But they have to do something. He doesn't have the best weaponry, adding T.J. Hawkinson, who's probably going to lead the team in – if not in receptions, he'll certainly lead him in touchdowns and probably in passing yards. Uh, he and Kenny Galladay are about the only weapons that are on that offense. So there, there's a lot of pressure on him. We'll see if he can handle it. Uh, I, I'm hopeful. I happen to like him personally, but uh, I understand that the, the knocks against him are very real too. What do you think of the job Bob Quinn's done there? Uh, he's, I give him a B, honestly, yeah. for, for the, the breadth of work. I think he's done a pretty fair job. 
he has always made the decisions that I would make. Uh, but then again, you know, as, as a draft analyst, I make mistakes too. So I, I, I think his draft this year was pretty solid. It was a little underwhelming to fans who didn't, who'd never heard of the second round pick, the linebacker out of uh, Hawaii. I think he's a good pick. I think he's a good fit, but uh, he, he's, he's definitely lost the, uh, the, the benefit of the doubt from the fans. It's a very big year for Detroit coming up. Uh, yeah. We, well, the same thing. I mean, Patricia, and I know some of it's just hot talk. It's just different for me, Jeff, talking about Detroit because, you know, if you give me something when it talks about the Bengals or, or it talks about the uh, the Packers, I can give you some on the Packers. I can give you some on the Cardinals. I can give you some on whatever. I, I will admit there's a bit of a blind spot. They've just been blasé to me, the Lions, for the last couple of years. What is their identity? What what's What's it moving forward? They are trying to become the team that you really don't want to play against on defense. Uh, and then they've added, they added okay. Trey Flowers. They have a very good secondary, a young secondary led by Darius Slay. Uh, I'll give some love to to, uh, to Quandre Diggs, who made this, the move from slot corner to Pro Bowl safety last year. Uh, nobody's heard of him. He's a fantastic player. He's probably the best tackler pound for pound in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So they want to have that identity and then be a team that, that beats you um, sort of the way the Patriots do. Um, obviously, they don't have Tom Brady, and, and certainly nobody would ever confuse Matthew Stafford for Tom Brady, but they want to be a, a team that can win a game 20-17 to 17 or 16-13, to 13, uh, which is a big change when you, you're going from, a, you know, Matthew Stafford once through 50 touchdowns in a year. He actually matched Dan Marino's statistical output from Marino's best season. Um, that was a long time ago. It's a different team now. Uh, they want to be that team that, that outworks you, that outhustles you, that outhits you, um, which – it should be a, 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 something that a blue-collar town like Detroit embraces, but they're not quite there yet. Patricia hasn't – to be fair to Patricia, he got off to a bad start with the media. He has done a good job, I think, of, of trying to mend that fence a little bit. Um, he's never going to be warm and cuddly, but he also doesn't need to be abrasive, and I think he's gotten that message. So it, that, that, that's where they're – they are a very difficult team to pin down. They don't have much of a national profile other than, eh, vanilla. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wish I could give more, but that's that's basically the way I thought about it. Who's that? Who ends up being the best quarterback out of this draft? Nineteen. Well, I think I, I think it's going to be Haskins. I, I really do like what he offers. Um, he, his ability to to throw precisely in, on anticipatory passes. That's the biggest thing that that separates guys from the from college to the NFL. The ability to throw a pass when the receiver isn't open, knowing that the receiver will get to that point. I think Haskins was far and away the best at, in this draft at doing that. I think it's going to work very well. They've got to get him some weapons in Washington, but, man, he, he's got he's, – I, I compare him all the time to Phillip Rivers. He has that kind of ceiling if he can get there. Uh, I, I really like what he can do. Why do you think he fell? You know, I, th- that's a good question. I think one year of starting plays against him, although that was true with Kyler as well. Uh, yeah. so that doesn't really buy. Um, he, I, I think he got mislabeled. Um, you remember Stephen A. Smith saying that uh, he was a mobile quarterback, and he's certainly not. I think there's a lot of misperception about what he wait, is. I think he's wait a damn minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jeff, I don't mean to jump in. It's sure. 2019. I can find video of just about anything. Anything. Are we really mischaracterizing quarterbacks here in 2019? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, it's it's funny, but it's not. I mean, we're really, no, we really not. have NFL teams, and, and – what Stephen A. Smith said was silly. Okay, I, I find the guy entertaining. Don't get me wrong, but it was a silly thing to say. I wish he would have owned up to it. But if if I can't find video or if I can't get past my own thoughts about a quarterback in 2019 and say, well, you know, he he he's a runner. No, he's not. For the love of God, he plays for Ohio State. It's not like he plays 
It's not like he plays for Pittsburgh State in Kansas. For you, you understand what I'm saying here, Jeff? Uh, oh, absolutely. It, it, it's very intellectually lazy and frustrating for My those folks who do actually watch these things. I can't stand it myself. Um, you touched on it though. He went to Ohio State. He's the first Big Ten quarterback taken in the first round since Kerry Collins. There's just a stigma against Big Ten passers that I think is is riding up against him too. There have been you know very good prospects. Drew Brees is in that that mix since then. For whatever reason, the Big Ten yes. still has this national image as not being a quarterback league. Um, maybe he's the guy that can change that. They, they get some interesting ones coming up, too, in, in the next few years. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, there's a lot of people looking at Shea Patterson at Michigan as a possible guy next year. Brian Lewerke at, at Michigan State, probably not so much, but they have an interesting crop coming up. So he, he can be the, the forefront of the new wave of Big Ten quarterbacks. Um, and, and I do think that did weigh against him. The fact that he went to Ohio State is coming from an Urban Meyer system. Uh, Meyer's quarterbacks haven't exactly fared all that well. Sorry, Tebow fans. It's just the truth. Uh, so I, I think that was playing against him a little bit, too. James, I thank you very much for the – or excuse me, Jeff, I thank you very much for the time. Sorry, I was getting ready to yell at James for about something. But, Jeff, That's okay. thank you very much work. for the time. Jeff, follow Jeff Risden on Twitter because I'm about to find myself worked into a shoot here right after I get off the phone with you. Because now you didn't make me feel any better when you said the thing against Big Ten quarterbacks. So now I got to yell about that right after I get off the phone with you, Jeff. (laughs) It's all good. Jeff, thank you very much, buddy. All the best. Jeff Risden joining us on the show on the uh, the NFL Draft, Browns and Lions Wire, USA Today. James, what did you say? What did you say during one of the breaks? Graceffo. Yeah, Ken. About I just, the Browns. I said that your team is going to become very unlikable very quickly. Yeah. And that doesn't upset me. But you brought up, did you bring up Baker Mayfield? Not and necessarily. I don't think I did. You didn't? Not necessarily. You didn't talk about spiking spiking the football? That, I, think that was more, I think that was more Tommy than me. Oh, yeah, okay. That. All right. All right. Sorry. Odell I get you guys too. mixed up. You know, you, you New York guys, you all sound the same. All right. Odell and Baker. Thanks. I, I know we're going to go way win. over here. I'm sorry. I, I know that we're going to go way over here. Yeah, this is why we get a bad name in this. All right? Like, I, I'll admit to you. All right? We, we don't watch every game. We try to watch the games. I, I, don't, I, I try to watch the game. We don't watch every game. But for the love of God, when you make a mistake, admit to the mistake. Or, you're telling me that Dwayne ha- there had to be a better reason. Well, Dwayne Haskins, you know, people categorize him. And that's Jeff. And I'm not calling out Jeff Risden, by the way. But people categorize him as different. You remember Stephen A. Smith. If we're going by this in 2019, Judas Priest, how much better have we gotten as a football society? There was a time with Blestro and some of the other scouting things. I could understand. Very little tape. So if you were looking at some of the small schools back in the 60s and 70s, hey, 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 categorizations, rash, painting with a broad brush, I get that. Fine. You have to overcome those sort of things. 2019, everything's on tape. Everything, there is a camera on everything. And I mean not just in sports, I mean in life. There's a security camera on everything. We catch porch pirates. We catch people taking number ones in a parking garage. We catch it all. Everything is on tape some way, somehow. There is very few little ways that you can get away with it. And especially when it comes to the NFL draft, I'm going to sit there and listen to this garbage 
and Jeff is telling me about it, and Jeff's not the garbage person here, but I'm going to sit here and listen to this garbage about Dwayne Haskins. Well, you know, he might be a running quarterback. Stephen A. Smith believes that. Well, that's first off. That is just patently false, and my God, I can't imagine what else you're doing as a sports person on a Saturday than watching Big Ten football and SEC football. He plays for Ohio State in the Big Ten. Well, they don't really like Big Ten quarterbacks. If you really believe that that hocus-pocus holds you back from taking a quarterback, please do yourself a favor, put your head directly in your ass, and go into a closet and don't bother anybody for the rest of your life. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. I'm honestly worked into a shoot. What Jeff Risden said bothers me. 2019. Dwayne Askins, well, he's a Big Ten quarterback. What the hell? That means something to you? That really does? Like, I understand. And we do this in the draft. You notice we do this in the draft. We do this in real life. If somebody comes from the wrong side of the tracks, I don't know if we have the very best uh, feelings for that guy. It's the same thing in the draft. Well, Big Ten quarterbacks aren't that great. Not since Kerry Collins has there been a guy. Nothing against Jeff Risden. He's just telling me the bad news and more than likely the truth about Dwayne Haskins. 15th overall, fell to the Washington Redskins. Best arm in the draft. I, and if you were to throw if you were to throw Josh Rosen into the draft, I think he would have been the best quarterback. And the only reason we're getting Kyler Murray number one overall was because of the fit with Kings, Cliff Kingsbury, which I think is a bass-ackwards way to go about things, and I cannot stress that enough. And you watch, they'll start off well. Because defenses will have to adjust to Kyler Murray. They'll do a couple of things. They'll be better than what we think at the beginning. He'll be better than what we think at the beginning. I'd be surprised if he went out there and he was actually turds. Daniel Jones goes because, well, he looks like Eli Manning. He doesn't have the Muppet face, but he looks like Eli Manning. So Daniel Jones goes second. Again, on a belief and not necessarily for the best overall quarterback. You look at the best overall quarterback, the size, the strength, the arm, the everything. It's Dwayne Haskins. Boy, he went to Ohio State. What does that matter? Baker Mayfield went to Oklahoma. Who's the great Oklahoma quarterback? Troy Aitman didn't finish at Oklahoma. That's the last great Oklahoma quarterback to go to the NFL. Would it stop you? Does it really stop you from doing that? Does it really stop you from making that pick? Patrick Mahomes, and and I was leery about Patrick Mahomes. Full on. I'll take responsibility of that, but I really don't want who, I mean, I can't even remember the names. Cliff Kingsbury himself, Graham Harrell, all those other no-name Texas Texas Tech quarterbacks who put up a ton of yards. I don't want those guys to get in the way of that. USC quarterbacks haven't always fared that well. Is that going to stop me from taking Sam Darnold? Saquon Barkley's a Penn State running back. How many great Penn State running backs were there in the NFL who really was able to do a lot in the NFL? Maybe Larry Johnson for a little bit of stretch there. Uh, what was the reputation on Big Ten on Penn State quarter running backs before Saquon Barkley? We're really doing this still in 2019. You believe in that hocus pocus? 2019. We're supposed to be a society of science and reasoning here. It's the dumbest stuff I've ever heard in my entire life. You're telling me these guys get paid to do this? Not Jeff. Again, not him. Do not take it as I'm saying to him. I'm talking general managers in the league. Paid and paid well to do this stuff? Please. Your team's ran by any one of these type of idiots out there. I'm serious. God be with you. Hopefully it will end sooner than later or you get lucky and you can just move on. 
855-212-4CBS. Coming up next, post-draft power rankings. I try to make sense of it. Problem is, I'm having a problem finding the top 10. I like what a lot of teams are doing. And also later on, who should be on notice. And at noon Eastern, Reggie Bush is doing God's work for college football. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to Ken Carmen. Want to punch myself in the face on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. We are after the draft, and I will admit this in full honesty. I saw Bill Ryder do this. I heard Bill Ryder do this, and I go, I'm ripping it off. I want to do it. I want to do an NFL power rankings after the draft. Was his after the draft or was his just a power rankings? Tom? He does one every week. He does weekly, really? in-season, NFL, NBA, and MLB power rankings. Regular segment. So he does an NFL power rankings in the middle of July? No, no, no. In-season, for those three oh. seasons, he does one every week. And since it's the draft, it was, oh, okay. All right. Well, I did not know that. I only saw one. Well, what the hell? All right. Are we going from the bottom to the top, or do you want to go from the top to the bottom? How do you want to do it? Bottom to the top. That's how this works. Bottom to the top, baby. Number 10. Number 10. And by the way, Tom, you can always jump in and disagree or agree all you want. You ready? Number 10 overall, the Cleveland Browns. They're just better on paper. And they're at number 10, which I think is a nice, conservative measure for them. Now I'm in Cleveland. People are calling in with 12 wins. People are calling in with 13 wins. It's going to take a minute for it to gel. That schedule's a little bit more difficult than what people want to give them credit for. And you have a first-year head coach in Freddie Kitchens. The guy's going to have to go in there and talk to him after a loss at some point. It's going to be interesting to see how they get past some of that adversity out there. I say them at 10. Next. Number nine. This is going to be a big question here. How can they do with their first or their, their first pick? And D.K. Metcalf, their second round, what do the Seattle Seahawks do with that with that wide receiver and with Russell Wilson? Is Russell Wilson able to provide them what they need? Well, he was able to do it last year. I have full faith and confidence in Russell Wilson. However, they got rid of Frank Clark. They got picks back out of that. I want to see what that football team is able to do as they continue to transfer through the defense. Now, I know they got Collier. And I know that they got Marquise, but it was the second pick in the second round. I, be, I beg your pardon. I know that they got some help at safety, but these are young guys. You don't always win with youth. That's why I put the Browns back so deeply. But I put the Seattle Seahawks there at number nine. I love what Russell Wilson does. I think it's a playoff team again in 2019. Next. Number eight. I waffled back and forth with this pick. I can't believe I'm doing this. They went out in the draft. They got Tristan Hill, which is a very good defensive tackle from UCF. Tom is about to lose his mind. Number eight overall. How about them Dallas Cowboys? Now I'm not Mark. I'm not going to be Maurice Jones-Drew about it. Which Tom told me during the break. He said 11 of the first 12 games are wins. I'm not saying that. But and I'm not even really. I'm not even really the biggest fan of Jason Garrett. However, you got Zeke. 
this might be the year that Dak starts to take off. I think that he's taken a step back over the last couple of years. Now we're talking contract. The offensive line is hopefully going to be better. The defense, I think, has been restocked a little bit. They were a playoff team last year. I don't think that the Dallas Cowboys bring together exactly what it's needed to be a Super Bowl contending team. But I'll give credit where it's due. Right now, I see the Cowboys as the eighth best team in the league. Next. Number seven. I love their coach. I love their quarterback. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think what they did in the draft was very nice with Jerry Tillery at the end of the first round. I like the L.A. Chargers. I love what they do defensively. The seven-back secondary and how they play some of these teams because they love to pass, try to pass on them, I think is some of the best. Now that they add that defensive tackle, I think this could be one of the better defenses in the league. Sneaky good, obviously, with Joey Bosa. So I want to put them for their defense, not just because of their offense, which is still pretty decent. I want to put the Chargers number six. Now it's going to get murky. Next. Number six. I want to put the Texans at number six, which I flip-flop a little bit because I like what the Texans do, and I wanted to put the Chargers there, but there's one big difference, and that is Deshaun Watson. Nah, it can't be J.J. Watt. I know he's the heart and soul of things, but it's got to be Deshaun Watson. I got to move on. And I got to think that what the Texans are able to do with him and bringing him around with some of the better talent that they were able to get, Titus Howard will hopefully hope out for him very, very nicely in that first round. I put the Texans at number six because Deshaun Watson was able to lead them a little bit further last year. They were able to get their years in order in 20, 2018 in the second half of the season after a terrible start to the year. I think they're one of the best teams in the AFC, but they're not the best team in their own division. Next! Number five. I think it's going to be a bit of a downer now because if your head coach freaks out more about a missed call than he does at home with getting his own affairs in order, I want karma to bite you in the ass. However, you know, you know, I love Drew, Drew, Blee, Drew Brees. Uh, I'm putting the Saints at number five. Still the fifth best team in the league. They still make a run, still helping themselves out. They have one of the most potent offenses we've ever seen. It's unsightly how great that offense is. However, when I look at the Saints, I still see them as snake-bitten, and I still see Sean Payton now differently than I've ever seen him before. And dare I say, even though he's a Super Bowl-winning coach, I call him fraudulent. Welcome to Hot Take City. Next. Number four. Can Patrick Mahomes take over that football team and be what's needed to be out of a franchise quarterback. He was a feel-good story this year. Everybody loves Patrick Mahomes. He's the MVP. But now, there are serious questions. You don't know what you're going to have with Tyreek Hill and whether or not he's ever going to play football again, let alone play for your football team. You have another year where people will try to find out your offense, figure that out. Your defense should get better with the addition of Frank Clark. However, you gave up a big, big price to bring in Frank Clark. If he is not what he's supposed to be, it's going to hurt you dearly with that defense if you, as you have had to start to take away salary from there to prepare for Patrick Mahomes' contract. This is a season now in his second full season, now, even though it'll be year three. This is a season now where you start to heap that pressure on Patrick Mahomes' shoulders because now the first run, it's always fun. It's always happy-go-lucky. The second run, there's expectations. We always know what Andy Reid does with expectations. And we always don't know what 
rookies or young guys are going to do with expectations. Now in technically year three, but year two as a starter, we'll see what Patrick Mahomes is able to do after that. Next. Number three. I am absolutely infatuated with him. I wish Hickey was with us right now because he would love what I'm about to say, even though I can't stand Jim Irsay as an owner, and I think he's done a boobery in the past. What Chris Ballard has done for this team is sensational. What he did with the trade with the Washington Redskins last week, even better. Now they have Andrew Luck, who's never going to be back to the form he was, but is still pretty damn good. And you add some of the talent that they added in the second round for a very young football team. Yeah, I know Rocky Sin's a young guy. But what they did with that offensive line last year, I think they're ready to do it. I find them to be my surprise, yes. But they're my third best team in the league. The Indianapolis Colts, number three on my power rankings. Next. Number two. They still made themselves better. And I know that we wonder what's going to happen in that running back position. And I do think that's why they took Daryl Henderson in the third round. Still one of the best coach. And I want to put them with the respect that they deserve because it is Sean McVay. I want to put the Rams number two, but there is a caveat here. You heard what happened with Jared Goff in the NFC Championship game against the Saints. You saw what happened in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. If Jared Goff can't start to blossom... Now, he's got the talent, but if he can't start to blossom as the all-around franchise quarterback of that team, this could be faceplant city. So it's with a bullet. But I do put the Rams number two. And obviously, we go to the next one. Number one. I think everybody can tell who this one is. Tom, you want to take a wild guess? It's your favorite team, Ken. It's not my favorite team. Your, I mean, I do your love favorite them. dynasty. The New I know it's, Patriots. It's, it's easily my favorite dynasty. Yes. How could I go against that? Come on. It's the Patriots, baby. Is anybody dare? Does anybody else dare say Patriots other than the Patriots anymore? Isn't that the best, Tom? So you just got to put respect on it. Yeah. And they went out and they got Nikhil Harry at the end of the first round. Oh, he's not going to be a great big weapon for Tom Brady. Oh, okay. I'm not a big fan of the Chase Winovich pick. I think he's more of a talker. Maybe I'll end up being wrong about that, but I wow. think I, I, I think Chase Winovich is a big-time talker. I don't know if he's a big-time wow. dude. You ready for that, that one? Yeah. like an O-H-I-O take to me. Yeah, because you know I'm such a big Ohio State fan, especially with what I'm going to say next when it comes to Reggie Bush, huh? <laughs> so there we go with the top ten. In ascending order, Browns 10, Seahawks 9, Cowboys 8, Texans 7, or excuse me, Chargers 7, Texans 6, Saints five, Chiefs four, Colts third, Rams two, Patriots number one. Are you surprised at a team I left out, Tom? You know what? No. And I think you use the word conservative for ranking the Browns 10. I would say that, too. I, I would bet that you think they're going to be better than that in your heart of hearts. I, I Well, you know, if you're 10, think about this. If you're 10th overall, you're still a playoff team, right? You're still going right. to be a 10-win team. Right. I think they're going to start out the season. There's going to be big tests for them at the beginning of the year. Again, I bring up that Rams game because I know their schedule so well. Those first two games, Tennessee, the Jets, I think they can win both of those and be 2-0 headed into the Rams game on that Sunday night at First Energy. Yes. And I think the Rams could be 2-0 in that Sunday night game headed to First Energy. And the big conversation will be, can you play with the big dogs? Because I don't see the Titans as a big dog. And even though, I tell you what, if I'm going to do the rest of the power rankings, I got the Jets 15th. I think the Chets take a nice step forward this year with Sam Darnold. Wow. I do. 
I like you know I like Sam Darnold. Uh, I'm I don't hate Adam Gase the way that I might portray that I hate Adam Gase. I just think he gives terrible press conferences, but I don't think that has anything against him coaching and winning. You just don't believe he's of Earth. Yeah, I, I think that he's probably a, 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 a extra a, an extraterrestrial being. But I have the Jets 15th, so they could be 2-0 and headed into that game. But the big national conversation will be whether or not the Browns can play with the big boys. If they lose that game, then I think some adversity can happen. Then you have to go to the West Coast and come back and do a lot of stuff. The first month and a half of that season is really going to set the tone for them. If they come out of that okay and people stay healthy, which every team's going to lose, guys. But if they can stay, come out of there relatively healthy, you better watch out. Because the second half of the season is a lot easier for the Browns. But the first half of the season, I think, is going to be a very difficult thing. So I think, hey, if you're 10th overall in a power rankings, you're a playoff team. Yeah. So I, I think there's a couple of teams that might have a step back. I took the Eagles. I put them 11th. Yeah, the other two that I was thinking, the Jags and the Steelers. I didn't put the Jags even on there. I know. Well, you don't I, believe I, in I, the uh, – they're freed from Blake, I don't. though. No, I don't. I, I don't think – they got Blake the magic Bortles touch not, now on their side. I don't think Blake Bortles is their problems. I, I, I think he wow. was part of their problems, but I don't think he was the biggest issue that they had. I don't think he was the biggest issue. I, I think that for whatever reason, it just the culture sucks down there, and it sucks with Tom Coughlin, and I hate saying that. They, they took great players, and none of those guys have really panned out to put together a complete football team. They were an utter disgrace in 2018. There's no other way I can put it. So I do not put the Jaguars in that mix. I have the Eagles 11th. I have the Steelers 12th because they still have Big Ben and they still have some talent there and Juju Smith-Schuster. And I think their first-round pick is very, very good for their for their football team. And even though they traded up to make that pick, the Ravens I have 13th, and that's because of what they lost defensively. They had a lot of offensive skill over last weekend. So I put the Ravens 13th, and I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on Lamar Jackson just like everybody else. And I have the Bears at 14th. And frankly, I, I'm wondering if I'm being ge- generous there. Because you win with some defense, and, and I'm a big Mitch Trubisky fan. You win with some defense. I don't know if you can win with defense consistently like that. Like, I'm hearing what Detroit's trying to do, and that's great. And that might be great for a season, but I don't know if you can win consistently like that. And immediately people will take a look at the Seahawks, and I'll go, they were 17th in total defense last year. It's Russell Wilson. They've lost how many guys over that defense? It's Russell Wilson. When they first went to the Super Bowl, that defense helped out a lot. But then look at Russell Wilson's numbers. Let's not lie to each other here. And they did a lot with defense last year in Chicago. Now it's going to be big boy time. And that specter of missing that field goal, we'll see. Because obviously Matt Nagy, with his tryouts, has made it a big deal for the Bears. Five burning questions in just about a half hour. Up next, Reggie Bush, he's doing God's work. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.